When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast presented by Betfred Sports. My name is Zach Kroll. I am your host, and this is the show where we talk all things college basketball. And it is currently Wednesday afternoon. We are just a little bit under 24 hours from the start of the opening round of the NCAA tournament. We did have some tournament action last night. Congratulations to Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Pittsburgh for earning victories to advance into the round of 64. Two great games last night, and it really reminded all of us as college basketball fans just how special this event is and just how special March Madness is. And we're going to get into a ton of different things today. We're going to be looking at the bracket, breaking it all down just uh, about a day before these games are really going to kick off, and I'm not going to be doing it alone. Joining me, a common guest on this show over the course of the last few weeks, former Division One head coach Jamie and Christian. Coach, what's going on? It was great to see you at the Big East tournament last week. Congratulations to Marquette as well. I know uh, you have a lot of good relationships over there with that program, but what a weekend for them, and I hope you had a good time with them as well. Yeah, I mean, it was great to meet you in, in person for the first time, um, and it was great to be in the building for some great college basketball hoops. You know, one of the things that when you're working in college basketball – you don't get a chance to visit these other conference tournaments. So this is the first time I had a chance to go to the Big East tournament. I thought it was absolutely electric. First time in Madison Square Garden. Um, first time in New York during the tournament. The energy is just electric. It was a great tournament. Happy for my friends over at Marquette. Yeah, what a weekend it was for them. And I'm happy you got to experience that at Madison Square Garden because the Big East, and we even spoke about this a little bit uh, during our conference tournament preview show, like just how good of a job the Big East has done developing an identity for themselves as a new conference uh, about eight or nine years ago when they lost all these teams, Syracuse, Louisville, Notre Dame, and people were calling the Big East dead. And just about a decade later, I think this conference is at the top of the world right now. I don't think there's just a conference with their fans more engaged and more involved. They sold out just about every day of that Big East tournament and seeing the, the atmosphere there compared to even some of the other Power Six conference tournaments, it didn't even compare. And I definitely think if you're a college basketball fan, that is an event that should definitely be on your bucket list. Yeah, the value of knowing who you are and what you stand for and what's most important to your league, you feel that with the Big East and bringing it and keeping it in Madison Square Garden where everyone's familiar with how to get in and out of there and, and the environment. It's just, it's just the best. It's smart. Uh, it's really well done. Even the box level stuff, the boxes and suites were all packed as well. Um, just a big, big, big congrats to the biggies. They, they really know what they're doing. They've done a great job attacking it and they're going to continue to build their brand because of it. Absolutely. And they will have a handful of teams in the NCAA tournament in the bracket, which we are going to be breaking down with you guys today, giving you guys some thoughts 
and opinions going into these games. And coach, I wanted to ask you about the selection show because this is our first time uh, talking since the bracket has come out. And there were a lot of different things that really stood out to me. I think the committee did a pretty solid job last year. I really didn't think they did a great job. I think they got a handful of seedings wrong. And as a big college basketball fan, like that always really bothered me because you know this, like this is the time of year that wedges are made. This is the time of year where you have the opportunity, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, whether you're in charge uh, in the administration running a program, like this is the time of year that is the most important and that you could do the best for yourself. Like if you have a successful March, then that could open the door to so many great opportunities in the future. Like legends are made during this time of year. And I was last year disappointed with the committee, but I think this year they did a pretty solid job. I had a couple things I wanted to address though. Alabama is the number one overall seed in the South. You will have Houston in the Midwest, Texas in the West and per- or, I'm sorry, uh, Kansas in the West. Uh, and then Purdue as the number one seed in the East. And this is a controversial decision that a lot of people have hit on already. And I, I understand I might be uh, repeating it again, but I'm a little confused why Houston got that second uh, number one seed over Kansas. And it's not just because one team plays in the American Athletic Conference and another team uh, plays in the Big 12. But when you look at Kansas, they had uh, the most quadrant one wins out of any team in the country. And I know that Houston, they play in a conference that doesn't really give them as many opportunities to earn those quadrant one wins, but they also got smacked in their conference tournament final by Memphis. That was without Kendrick Davis, but the re or I'm sorry, without uh, Marcus Sasser. But the reason why this is such an important decision by the committee is the uh, Midwest region will go through Kansas city, Missouri, which is where Kansas obviously wants to play. And instead they will be playing the second weekend if they get there uh, in Vegas on the West coast. So the committee did bill self and Kansas, no favors. I think Houston, got a really nice draw. Not only the fact that they got the number two uh, overall seed, but I think the bracket, it it looks pretty good and it's a manageable road for them. Did you have any main takeaways uh, or thoughts on the just bracket reveal? And uh, what else stood out to you? Well, you know, I think it's an interesting point you bring up there about Kansas. Uh, You know, I do think Kansas of those four teams, I mean, I guess Kansas and Purdue are both sort of playing their worst basketball of the year right now. Um, and so I do think that kind of pushed Houston up there. I mean, the one loss to Memphis, who, who earned an eight seed, um, you would say is a really quality team um, in, in their championship, missing your best player. Um, so I, I actually thought the seeding was done pretty well. Um, I thought these teams had all kind of earned it. You know, I actually went through and tried to do like a little um, seeding thing on my own um, bef- on Sunday. And I just really came to the conclusion that Kansas was going to be that fourth one, no matter what. Um, and then that the number two, because the number two seeds were basically all locked in. It's not like we're looking at the number twos and saying, oh, they should be a one. They're all basically locked in as twos. And I think everyone's in agreement with that. Now, when you get into where they're, where they're playing at, um, you know, I think Purdue's the only one close to the East. So that makes sense. Our seeds are all, all sort of like Midwest and West beyond. So um, I, I felt, I actually thought the seating was done really well. And I feel like they're getting these brackets right more and more each year, uh, in my opinion. Definitely. And I think the advanced numbers might have something to do with that, but Houston, they will be the number one seed in the in the Midwest. Kansas will be the number one seed out West. And I wanted to start with the West region. This is one thought also out of the selection show I really had. And I think overall, I agree with you. The committee did a really good job 
Uh, especially like balancing the regions. That's another thing that really bothered me last season is I thought, and I'm not saying this just because they won the national championship. I think they gave Kansas a pretty fortunate draw last year when they had to beat a, a number 10 seed in Miami to get to the final four. And when you look at the West region that Kansas is in, this is loaded. They will have UCLA as the number two seed. They'll have Gonzaga as the number three seed. They will have UConn as the number four seed. And even the 8-9 game, like, you have Arkansas taking on Illinois, two teams with a ton of talent. And, like, when I'm comparing that to the 8-9 game in Houston's region between Iowa and Auburn, like, man, Kansas just got a really, really difficult draw, in my opinion. And we don't even know what the status of Bill Self is going to be going into this tournament. We hope he's going to be feeling better, hoping he's able to coach that. It sounds like he will be able to. But nothing confirmed yet. You hope uh, he's all good and ready to go. But that is a tough draw for Kansas, in my opinion. You know, the 8-9 games are often teams that are really good teams that have underperformed. Um, you know, I, it, what's curious to me, and and this is why I think this is a great number that we've gotten to for the NCAA tournament, is I think in years past, Arkansas and Illinois might not even be tournament teams. You know, the way they've been so inconsistent all year long you know, they might've been the playing opportunity. And that's why I say like the number that we have for teams is almost perfect because when you look at that number, you look at the first four out, you know, they are NCAA tournament teams and that is sort of where they're slotted at. And that's why I just say, I think we've got, got it about right. Um, really, really talented teams, but again, I've been inconsistent all year. And, you know, they're, what's interesting, when you look at the other eight, nine seeds, they're the only eight, nine that has two inconsistent teams that have played there. You know, Memphis and Florida Atlantic are eight, nine in the East. They've been consistent just about all year. Maryland, West Virginia, Maryland's been consistent all year long. West Virginia kind of came on late. That's out in the South. The eight, nine game, Iowa, Auburn, pretty consistent all year long. Um, and so in my mind, I'm like, they've really got the teams that have not been consistent. Um, and so, although it looks like on paper, it's a really tough matchup and it will be, um, you know, the eight, nine game is routinely the teams that are underperformed or something. Yeah. And those are always the most difficult games to pick as well. And I think that game between Arkansas and Illinois, like, as you said, I think both those teams have some similarities. The fact that they're both really talented, you feel like they could win any game at any time. I think they're both well coached, but they've both had a lot of trouble finding that consistency. Every time you think they turn it around, they just don't, they follow it up by laying an egg. And that is one thing that I feel like the winner of this game might be able to give Kansas trouble, but I can't even confidently say who I think it's going to be. That's how even of a matchup that it is. Uh, looking at the bottom of the bracket, though, uh, UCLA, again, is the number two seed. Gonzaga is the number three seed. And UConn as the number four seed. Which one of those three teams do you think is Kansas's biggest threat in this region and why? And I'll make a case to start off. I am buying Gonzaga heading into this NCAA tournament. And I've been someone as crazy as it sounds that has been a little bit off the bandwagon the last two years. And people might be a little bit confused why all of a sudden this might be the year I'm hopping on the bandwagon. But I just feel like it would be so appropriate in the college basketball season where we've said it from the beginning, there isn't one great team. This is going to be a crazy March. Anything could happen. I just love how under the radar this team is when their offense has been the best in college basketball the past two months. And there's no pressure. Like no one's talking about them. I understand that fan base wants a national championship so badly. And Mark few could really cement himself as one of the greatest coaches. This sport has honestly ever seen based on the job that he's done to build this program up. I just feel like no one's talking about this Gonzaga team. 
They got a difficult draw, might have to match up against TCU in the second round. That's not easy, but I'm in on this Gonzaga team, and that isn't something I've been saying over the course of the last few years. And you're also really up on TCU. So those two matching up in that in that next round is going to be interesting. You know, for me, I think it's UConn. Um, you know, they've proven at tournament settings, you know, we've talked about this some through the year, to be a really tough matchup for in the first time you play them. Um, and, you know, their size, their athleticism, their guard plays actually got much better as the year has gone on. Um, and I think when they can kind of be in a situation where they're hunting some, I think that's really dangerous. So I would say UConn, partly because they're on that side of the bracket with Kansas. You know, that that's going to be an epic matchup. And, and this Kansas team's a very flawed team. You know, it's not, you know, I, I don't have Kansas making it to the Final Four um, because they're a very flawed team, but it's also a team that you just say you don't want to root against. And I think that's the credit to Bill Self. That's the credit to that team and how well they play together. Um, but is will one of these teams make them have to make some mistakes because of the because of their their inequities? Probably. Um, and you know, so I like UConn as their biggest threat. Yeah, another thing overall with the bracket that really stands out to me is a lot of these top teams, right? They're gonna be popular picks to win it all. I understand that, but a lot of them they're dealing with some things. We mentioned Kansas. We don't know the status of Bill Self. We don't know the status of Kevin McCullough. We actually do know, like he's not gonna play the first two games of this tournament. Hopefully, if they do move on, he will be back. But Kansas got ran off the floor by Texas in the Big 12 championship game, and McCullough wasn't there. And, and that worried me a little bit. Houston, they played that AAC championship game without, without Marcus Sasser, and even if he does suit up this weekend, like, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. UCLA, they're a two-seed that a lot of people like in this region, and before the Jalen Clark injury, I was all in on picking this Bruin team to win it all possibly. And now he's out for the rest of the season. And I'm not sure if they're the same team without him. So I'm looking at these one seeds, not to mention Alabama and everything that they've dealt with off the court uh, recently. So I'm looking at these top seeds. I feel like a lot of them could be vulnerable. And I think this is going to be a tournament where we could really see some crazy things happen. Yeah. You know, in, in one regard, I think we're going to see a lot of crazy things happen. I think there's a big separation between one and two in all these. And then, you know, the, the three and four seeds, um, you know, so I think there'll be, they're obviously going to be some upsets, especially the first couple of days, but I really do feel like those, those t- sort of top eight teams are the top eight teams. They're really, really solid. Um, they, and those top eight teams have really proven it all year. And, you know, you start getting to the number nine best team in the country, which would be those three seeds, three and four seeds. They've really been inconsistent, you know, Baylor inconsistent this year, Tennessee inconsistent this year, Kansas state inconsistent this year, as of late, um, Indiana, very inconsistent all year. Um, you know, Texas consistent Xavier, pretty consistent actually as a three again, I don't Texas being very consistent. So you had to kind of go through them. Gonzaga consistent. You really like them. UCLA consistent. So, you know, I think you start to see some inconsistencies once you start getting into those three seeds. And ones and twos have proven it all year. And so I'm leaning on those a little bit more this year. Um, I think the three to the the three to the fifth, 14 seeds, it starts to get really interesting. And that's where you're going to start seeing some of these upsets. I agree. And, and I uh, also like what you said about the number three seeds. Like I'm looking at the three line and these teams have all had really good seasons. And in some ways, like you could say they've overachieved like Kansas state, like no one expected them to be here. No one had any idea this was coming in there here. Xavier and Sean Miller's first year. You also have Baylor just two years after winning the national championship. Uh, They've dealt with injuries all year. They're back as a number three seed as well. I think a lot of these 
like middle tier teams could definitely be vulnerable. We'll get into some uh, matchups in 